And as always, we'd like to thank our partners, Firebird Rising and the beautiful game network, BGN. You can go to their websites to see more of their content at firebirdrising.coreair, that's K-O-R-R-A-I-R.com, or at bgn.fm. And let's get to the show. And welcome to this live post-game edition of the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with Matt Trainer and Jeff Wynn. Hello, everybody. Hope you guys are staying nice and cool. Hey, everybody. It's a great afternoon to be a Phoenix Rising fan, at least for a road, uh, a road tie at this point. <laughs> yeah, this game had a little bit of everything. I don't know. Do you want to get into it right now? Or do we want to vent a little bit before we get into the, to the recap portion? Uh, let's let's get into it a little bit, and then we'll start venting as as we go through this. A uh, couple of changes. Right. Okay, couple take of, it away. Couple of cha- couple of changes from the starting lineup for this week. Uh, obviously, the biggest changes being JJ Greer in, inserted into the starting lineup at uh, center back for Peter Ramage, who uh, got injured in last week's uh, match against Whitecaps. Uh, we saw the introduction of uh, AJ Gray into the midfield up on the. Uh, on the right-hand side, and then uh, shifting Sean Wright Phillips into the middle, and then uh, Johnson on the left-hand side with with Didier Drogba up top, and then obviously uh, the rest of the the normal starters that had started from last week. Can I just first observation right off the bat with the first 25 minutes of the match, how slow the pitch was? I I don't think I have ever yeah, seen. That was... I don't think I've ever seen balls that just barely moved. Seen a pitch that slow? The game. I mean, that was just that was just rough. Is to that wire. what you're going I mean, with? I mean, discard the 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 free kick from Drogba in the tenth, and it's like I don't know what I was watching. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, no, I agree with you there. And then overall, the the first. 25 minutes or so just were slow in general I felt you know it is interesting because Swope had a ton of possession but they were doing absolutely nothing with it in open play they really didn't test Cohen at all um I mean the one thing of note was Drogba getting the free kick and Sean Wright Phillips earning the yellow card for them but things things do change in the 25th minute yeah obviously they uh you know, Swope gets the ball into the box, and and AJ Gray takes down takes down the player inside the box. Was it a, was it a penalty? Yeah, I mean, Gray, you know, he he didn't get there quick enough. Oh, I'm sorry, J- not Gray, uh, JJ Greer. Sorry, uh, Greer didn't get there quick enough. He just tried to wrap around, just couldn't get there, and it, it was a, it was a good PK. Oliveira steps up, takes it right in the back of the net, one nothing Swope, and. Now you're thinking, darn, you're on the you're on the back foot again. And thank you very much for the Swope Park announcers reminding us that it's now 21 games without a clean sheet. We we, we thank them yeah. for that. <laughs> Rubbing it in. Yeah. The their one nugget of uh, relevant information in that entire broadcast. 
<laughs> exactly. That's, that's another. That's another final point later in the podcast. But uh, yeah, they, they definitely had a hard on for uh, Bravo. You know, <laughs> I mean, he was you know playing a little soft there. Um, some of those and got the, the penalty later on, but uh, maybe some uh, you know a little bitterness that he's not on their side anymore. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I just I kept know. mentioning him a lot. I felt like. <laughs> Yeah, let's remember, let's remember his days in in Kansas City. Uh, I don't think people do anymore. <laughs> I mean, as we go through the rest of the first half, you know, no much. You know, Johnson shoots off target. Sean Wright Phillips has a free kick that doesn't go anywhere. Tim tries. You know, Tim tries to go one on three and gets nowhere. I mean, it just the first half seemed flat. I mean, I, it was I, bad. Flat is definitely the word. You know, I, that I mean, was one of the flattest halves I've seen this season. It's it's been, I would say, almost a year. You know, since I've seen play like that where they just. It seemed like Patrice Carteron's plan was to park the bus and hope. I mean, because you look at the percentage after the first half, you're at a seventy-one twenty-nine possession advantage for Swope Park Rangers. That's just. That's unbelievable. You, yeah, that's you nuts. You, you hardly ever see that in games. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're we, right. You know, so at least we get into the half down 1-0, but obviously, you know, at this point you're looking, we need to make changes. I mean, they, they just nothing's going right. We can't put two passes together. We can't even throw the ball in and, and, and connect two passes off of that. We're, all, we're losing the ball right off of a throw-in. So, I mean, it – that no. was just um, and yeah, the second half that was disheartening. Thankfully, yeah. You know, but yeah, I agree. The second half things changed it. It finally opened up. You know, it, it took ten or fifteen minutes to finally open play up, but at least it finally opened up. Um good play in the fifty third with that short free kick off of the uh, or the corner off the you know, or I'm sorry, the free kick off the corner, you know. Uh, Zende has corralled that one, but it was a nice play. Uh, then you know, Drogba to, to it, was, it was a really good save, honestly. That yeah. the one that Zende has got low to yeah, save. The, uh, yeah, uh, off the Sean Wright Phillips. Yes, that was a that was a yeah. good save, but it was also a nice setup by Drogba. I thought that was a a really nice little short free kick there that that worked really good. And then thankfully, Definitely. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Oh, that's oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I was just gonna say, um, we really haven't seen too many of those designed set plays this season, and so it was really nice to see one work as effectively as it did because a lot of the early season matches were just blasting balls way over the uh, goalpost and not even giving ourselves a chance. Yeah, I'd love to see more set plays like that where you're giving yourself a chance and it's maybe a little out of the ordinary. I mean, at least when you look at it, Drogba had a free kick that. Went right into the gut of goalkeeper. He had a free kick that was a set play that worked really well for Sean Wright Phillips. And then he had a free kick where it went right off the head of Christian Duke and, and, and knocked him for a loop. So it was good to see at least at, at least in all three facets that that he was doing something right for a change. It's something we haven't seen in a while, so Yeah, and then just moments moments after that things get even better 
Yeah, moments after that, get the ball in the midfield. Didier Drogba turns, low left-hand shot, beats Zendejas, and we're back in the match at 1-1. I mean, can't ask for anything better at that point. And now, and now you're right back in the middle of the match. You're flowing all of a sudden. Now you've got some, some pace of play to the game, which you haven't had. So you're thinking maybe, maybe a second's going to come. But four minutes later comes the, what I guess we would say, the controversial PK call. Because as, as I looked at it two or three times, I looked and saw uh, Christian Duke stick out his elbow trying to shield off the defender, which I understand is a normal is it's a normal thing to do. But I don't you know, Gray's not going in there with the intention to foul. He's not trying to impede the play in any way. If anything else if anything to me, Christian Duke should have been called for the foul for you know, trying to trying to muscle his way to force that call. Unfortunately yeah. it wasn't seen that way. And it goes as a PK to Swope. Yeah, I agree with yeah, you there, that's... Jeff. And it's, yeah, I'm sitting here watching it right now. The uh, um, Chad Smith, uh, who provides the the replays um, on Twitter, was sitting here watching this one on loop, and I just I still don't see where, or you know, how that's a penalty. But you know, it's in the past now. But agree to disagree, I guess, because he he did believe it was a PK. Uh, I will say that the uh, Swope player, I think that was Selbel in that instance, he did a good job of shielding himself and putting himself in the right position, but I think that's a no-call. I mean, you see those even in the middle of the field be no-calls a lot of the time. And in the box, uh, you know, especially especially after the first one was already called, like, I think unless it's very clear-cut, you, you uh, swallow the whistle there. Yeah. So... Um, and then that takes us, you know, beyond that one to a little bit later when Didier Drogba you know, I uh, mean, gets shoved in the box. So, a very so, similar so, so play. Selbel's... If anything, there's more contact on that play, and Drogba's actually trying to play the ball, and he gets shoved down. And then she does swallow the whistle for that. And, you know, if, if she's going to call that second penalty against us, okay. But then you have to call the one where Drogba goes down. Because there was more contact on that play than on the one where uh, Selbel goes down. You can't. Yeah. You have to call it both ways. You either call it both ways or you swallow your whistle both. That just. That's when I got pissed. And I think I'm not the only person that got pissed at that moment. Uh, no, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, Drog was looking for the call there. He knows he should be getting the call. I mean, I, I don't know what the referee was looking at at that point. You know, but you know it is what it is. And like you said, there's nothing we can do about it. We go on and we we keep trying. You know, so interesting. Quick, uh, want to bring up uh, one of a one of the yeah. listeners here to the live podcast. Pat Moses had a comment. Uh, uh, also, another about thing. Drogba's goal in the 75th minute. Uh, Omar, about, uh, he said Drogba's composure in that moment is great. You know, uh, <clears throat> most players might rush that play and put the shot off the frame and I think that's a good point that's where that experience comes into factor and he you know is able to be calm and just make that shot with very very low margin of error there you know he didn't have much room there and 
he knew exactly where to put it and kept the composure. So thanks for that uh, comment, Pat. That is a good observation. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Drogba's been well, so as good as advertised. So. Yeah. So, so Sable steps up, makes the PK, so we're 2-1 now down. An interesting move from Carterone comes here in subbing out Sean Wright Phillips. Uh, my thought would have been if you're going to stay offensive, you take out the players that aren't producing offensively. So I would have taken out either J.J. Gray or I would have taken out Jason Johnson because it seemed like neither one of those guys were really doing a whole lot the entire match, but yet he subs out Sean Wright Phillips for Bravo. And to me, it just seems like if your push is offensive, why are you not leaving SWP in there? But I, I guess we I guess, I guess we can agree to disagree here with, with Carterone's decision, but... So we move into the the later portions of the second half. Drogba takes a free kick that was way over the tops. Bravo comes over for a corner. Punch. Uh, there's another corner late that uh, Ariola tried to flick on in the 86th. And so then we get to the interesting moment of the match, which is the Omar Bravo penalty in the 88th minute, which he drew. You, you thought it was a makeup call, Matthew. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll, yeah. I'll let you interject your thoughts here first on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching that one here on repeat and uh, yeah, a little, little bit soft there. I don't think you could argue that, but hey, you know what? It's uh, We'll take it after, you know, just the inconsistent calls. We'll take that to kind of balance it out, you know? Definitely. So. Um, it's it's nice to actually get a call for a change after the way that that match went in a lot of instances. Yeah. Um, so. And then Drogba steps up there like a pro, puts it to uh, the keeper's left, and even though the keeper guesses the right way, uh, we get ourselves a 2-2 draw, and I think that was a very fair result. If anything, uh, if anything, uh, well, I think that's a fair result. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't it's think fair... it's bad walking out of Swope Park with, with a point, you know, um, especially just overall the way the match went. I think, you know, kind of felt pretty lucky to walk out of there with a point towards the end, you know. But, uh, you know, Swope Park, I think I was looking at their stats. They've only given up four goals this entire season at home. Uh, they've been playing really well. So to walk away with two, I think is pretty good. You know, two goals in one point, I should uh, clarify there. Yeah, def definitely, mm -hmm. definitely a big, big boost for getting a point on the road. Obviously, we've we've had our struggles on the road. I mean, yeah, we ate our last win on the you know our last game before this one on the road. We picked up a victory in L.A., but we had we had struggled on the road before that. But yeah, good result. I think you know it keeps us right where we need to be. You know, we're we're not lagging behind. Granted, we're not gaining ground, but we're we're still holding on in the in the middle of the table right now, which is okay. We still have games in hand, as we'll talk about in a little bit on most teams. Um, I this game, the only concern I had, you know, was I I, I thought the substitution pattern was a little off for Carterone. I mean, I don't know if it was just because 
he didn't have certain individuals on the bench that he wanted or if it just this was the plan from the start but i mean getting gray off in the 80th i would have i would have gotten him off sooner um i would have liked to have seen avila you know eric avila come on sooner i mean i you know you're only bringing him in the 85th i mean at that point i for me i would have brought on a seth or maybe you know i i know her i don't think herlo was on the was on the roster was on the roster today but you know i would have brought another forward on at that point i just i don't think avila was the right decision i think if you're going to bring in avila i would have brought him in around the time when you're bringing in bravo and sean Wright, you know and you're bringing in uh areola that i would have brought him in at that point first because i think at that point he needed interjection into the game and it just didn't seem like it was there at the time and and that would have been a perfect place for it you know, but that that's my thought of, of you know, where... And you see the difference that, that is made when Ariola does come on. Now we're actually getting into their attacking third, um, trying to chip the ball into the net, winning some important free kicks. Those last 10 minutes, even before the penalty, were a lot brighter than the previous 80. So... Yep. Yep. And, you know, you look, you'll get the final stats for the match. I mean, 67% possession advantage for Swope Park Rangers to 33 for Phoenix Rising. Uh, that is not a typical Phoenix Rising, you know. It's just this, you know, you see those numbers and it just screams to me we just need we just wanted to park the bus and get out of there with a point. We didn't care if we got 3. We just wanted to we wanted to to at least survive with a point. So I, I think that's that's what to me that's what it kind of tells me, but hey, like I said, we got a point. We'll take a point. We'll get out of Dodge, and we'll focus on next week, which brings us to next week and the Real Monarchs. Second place in the Western Conference on an eight-game winning streak. They'll have a chance to make it nine tomorrow night as they host Reno 1868 FC. Uh, I tell you what. RSL is on a on an interesting stretch at this point. You're talking yeah. an eight game win streak. Their their goals, you know, they're they're twenty to five in goals scored over the last eight matches, four of those being clean sheets for the defense. And I think what's so impressive about uh Monarchs lately is I mean, it's the ways that they're winning too. I mean they, they won a game at Orange County where they score in the first minute and make that stand up. They've won games in this winning stretch where it's like four to two, and they're just blasting balls in the net. I mean, they can beat you multiple ways. I think they're a very well balanced team. Um, it really helps when you have guys like Sebastian Velasquez up top, um, guys that can strike at any moment. I think they're the most complete and team Chandler in USL Hoffman, right one now. Of the league leaders uh, in no offense to San Antonio with... fans, but yeah, you know, Hoffman's got eight goals on the season. Velasquez has six. Uh, you know, Charlie Adams has five assists on the season. Velasquez has four assists on the season. I mean, they, they're they getting it from everywhere. And, you know, the funny thing is for, for one of the more interesting two teams, I guess you would call it, you know, as most people would call them, you don't see as much integration from the first team roster as you do with others on, on this roster. This is a pretty set group of... 18 guys that 
that give you a, a solid effort. I mean, and most of these guys have USL experience. You know, it's not to say that they don't have the opportunity to go up and play with the first team, but you know, you, you don't see what you see with other teams as you see here. And I think that's the interesting thing that that for whatever reason it seems to be working for RSL. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, I think different two teams, depending on what their mission for the season is, look at it different ways. I think uh, you compare them to Timbers 2. At this point, they're so far back in the standings. They're just trying to experiment. They're just trying to uh, develop the players, and the wins and losses aren't really what matters so much. I think Monarchs has been that way in the past, but with their MLS team having such a rough go of it, uh, I think they're actually giving a chance to, you know, let their USL side shine a bit and they went out and got a couple players that have more USL experience they aren't just trotting out a bunch of 20 year old kids like Timbers 2 or Galaxy uh, 2 this year yep that's correct so alright let's get into what happened in the USL this week uh, on Wednesday Toronto beat Orlando City one nothing. on Friday Bethlehem got a 2 nothing win over New York Red Bulls uh, Oklahoma City got back on track with a 3-1 win over T2 like you had talked about. Now, T2 took the lead in this match as Bijev scored in the 40th minute but uh, uh, new acquisition Andy Craven scored two goals four minutes apart for Oklahoma City to get them the three points and kind of get them back on track. So we move into Saturday Rochester got a one nothing win over Ottawa. Charlotte had a 2 0 win over Harrisburg. FC Cincinnati and Charleston tied 2 2. Richmond and Tampa Bay tied 2 2. Louisville had a 3 0 win over Pittsburgh. Uh, interesting result. Finally, LA Galaxy gets on the board. Uh, they're, they're, they beat uh, Rio Grande Valley 1 0 on a Jonah Estrada goal in the 70th minute. Uh, and your boys down in San Antonio finally got it back and working, Dominic. 3 1 win over Tulsa. Yeah, they did, and uh, very impressive. Uh, Tierpak puts two in in the first half, and then they get a third goal later on to seal it. Uh, if San Antonio can put goals in like that, they are going to be an absolute beast to deal with. They've been able to do it a few times this season, uh, and their defense is strong enough where they're just not going to concede much. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, but at the end of the day, can they do it in the playoffs? We honestly don't know, so... Yep, that's true. And then uh, the final result on Saturday night, Sacramento gets back in the win column, a 2-1 win over Whitecaps. Uh, Vancouver got on the board first with a Campbell goal in the fifth minute, but uh, Ochoa and Cazares scoring goals, uh, getting Sacramento the three points, uh, definitely a, a must, uh, a, a much-needed three points for, for Sacramento to get back into the, into the, the swing of things. So we move to the Western Conference standings after week 13, and this is how they stand. Uh, San Antonio is back atop the conference at 10-0-4 with 34 points. RSL is in second with 33 points at 11-1. And it's a 13-point drop to third as Colorado Springs sits at 5-4-5 for 20 points. Reno has moved all the way up to fourth, which is an interesting little bit here. They, they've been on this this good run at 5-3-3 three, three with 18 points and a plus-9 goal differential. 
Sacramento is in fifth at five, six, and three with 18 points and a minus one goal differential. Swope with the tie goes to sixth, five, four, and two with 17 points. Uh, uh, Rio Grande Valley in seventh, five, five, and two at 17 points. And sitting in the eighth spot currently, Oklahoma City, five, five, and two, 17 points. As you can see with most of these teams, we still have games in hand one if not more than one of most of those teams so that still kind of sits in our favor as as we move forward here in these next few weeks seattle sits ninth right now at five six and two for 17 points phoenix five five and one after the draw with 16 points sits in 10th tulsa's in 11th at five and seven with 15 points vancouver is 12th with four seven and two of 14 points LA Galaxy 2, 3, 8, and 2 for 11 points in 13th. Orange County 3, 4, and 1. The only team that's played less games than us right now. 10 points and in 14th. And at the bottom, as we've talked about for a number of weeks now, Timbers 2, 1, 12, and 1, 4 points. What, what kind of sticks out there, you guys, the standings as you look at them right now? Yeah, one thing is, uh, you know, talking about. Um, Real Monarchs. I mean, they're two games beat. You know, they they played twelve games. San Antonio's fourteen games. Yet they're only one point behind San Antonio. So I mean, that's I thought that's pretty interesting, just showing how strong they are. Uh, and the match uh, between Real Monarchs and Reno coming up tomorrow. I mean, that's, I think that's going to be a good one to watch. Definitely. Uh, to me, it's crazy how even. All the teams in the middle are, I mean, really crazy. Uh, between 4th place and 12th place, there are 4 points separating those teams. Right now we're in 10th, but if we had gotten the win today, we would have been in a tie for 4th. That's how nutty it is and how close all those teams are. Um, so, I mean, a little bit of a missed opportunity on our end, but, you know, keeping in pace. And we do have games in hand on most of those teams. So, yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, we've we've been noting that all season that it's so bunched up in the middle, and uh, it's remaining that way. It looks like it'll be a dogfight down to September, October. Yep, especially when you can look at a guy who's come in and played two games for this club and is now tied for the team lead in scoring. I mean, that can only kind of head you guys upwards at that point. So. You know, yeah, it's also we, kind of interesting too. I'm looking here. Uh, Orange County has only played eight matches. That's you know they're everybody else is at at least eleven. A few of them in you know twelve and a couple in fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, so, and, so and it, yeah, I'm not hand. I'm not sure and why and they've and played so few. And I think a majority of the teams, when you look at it too, have kind of made that Cascadia run as well, to where you know they play Portland. Seattle, Vancouver, and make that run. I think you've seen a lot of teams that have that have made that run so far this season, and there are teams like Phoenix Rising that won't make that run till the end of the season, which I think bodes well for us. Although I kind of wish it would have been in the middle of the season, but I'll take it late in the season because the way teams are sitting right now, if you look at it, all the teams that we'd make on that road trip, Seattle sitting in ninth. Vancouver sitting in 12th, Timbers sitting in in the in the final spot. That's nine points that 
could be the most critical nine points of the season for this club. Even if you can get, let's say you get seven out of it, that's still a huge, I think that's still a huge boost of where, where it would put us at the end. So I think that's, that's a, a big, that's going to be a big road trip at the end of the season and we'll see how Patrice handles it. Yeah. Um, do we want to get towards final points at sure. this part of the show, or? Sure. Does someone else want to go first this time? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take that. I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, um, I think we've kind of we we have already talked about it as um, pretty slow match. Uh, the biggest thing I noted here that uh, was the maybe some inconsistent calls. Um, definitely had a factor i mean we were able to skate by with a draw take a point um you know that second second penalty um against phoenix could you know i i didn't see it but i could see how you could call it uh but if you're going to call that you need to be consistent and then call the penalty that you know should have um, been called against uh for drogba in the 70th 70th minute i think it was so you know that was just kind of my note is you're always going to have something to say about the officiating, yeah, right? Yeah, I think but, that's um, very fair. You know, just keep it consistent, whether it's going to be questionable, consistent, or uh, calling it a fair, you know, a good match. But uh, those are kind of really my takeaways there. Yeah. Well, my takeaway this week is you kind of look at we're getting to that point of the dog days of summer now where, you know, we're getting to the dog days of summer now where uh, – where this roster tends to struggle every year you know this club in some way shape or fashion tends to find this middle portion of the season can't get wins can't get points can't get anything i'm hoping to see from this roster a more complete use of it as we move forward i mean obviously ramage was was injured and and Greer was inserted today. I think there are still players that we would like to see, you know, find this roster. I think we still agree that we'd like to see Uchenna Uzo see some more time in the middle. Um, you know, we've got these play. You know, we've got you know Eder Ariola and we have Eric Avila and we have you know Romilio Hernandez and we have hopefully coming back soon we'll have Alessandro Rigi you know, in the next week or two, you know, coming back from his injury. But I, I think this is a time where we're going to need to call on all of these guys to, to put forth an effort. You know, let's let's start getting them familiarized with specific positions where we want to play them and not, as, not use them as much in a quote-unquote supporting role. I mean, let's, let's start finding specific areas where they're going to be used best Let's keep the let's keep the roster fresh. Let's keep it moving so that as we get through this stretch and we get down towards the bottom part of the schedule, we're still in a fighting position for a playoff spot. We can take those games that we're going to run up northwest at the end of the season, use it to our advantage, and be in that playoff spot as we hit the end of the season. So that's that's my my big thing this week. So okay, and uh, I think on my end. Um... We, I don't know how many of you guys saw the game on the live stream. Um, I mean, yes, there were, you know, some issues with the officiating. I think everyone can agree that it wasn't perfect. Um, 
even the commentators. But about the commentators, I understand that usually commentators tend to support the home side. Um, okay, you, you kind of go in expecting that. But the, uh, the way that they were broadcasting that game from start to finish was so disrespectful to Phoenix Rising and so one-sided. I, I can speak on behalf of many people that, I mean, we wanted to... We were ready to fight. Like, if, if that guy was commentating that whole game right next to me, the moment that that camera goes off, I'm like, bro, let's let's do this. Let's get outside and let's do this. Because even from the very start, I mean, they were painting Swope in such a beautiful light, Phoenix Rising in such a negative light, mentioning the uh, non-clean sheet streak and... You know, saying Swope is just a beautiful team. They've played so well all season. We're one point apart in the standings, and we beat them earlier. And they're like, oh, you know, that game earlier in the season really showed Rising's defensive deficiencies. Dude, we were up 4-0. How are you only going to put the blame on us? And then as they go on, and the announcers say that the ref made all the right calls, and the only call that was incorrect was the... um, the, the call at the end with Bravo. I mean, yeah, the Bravo dive in the 75th minute. Okay, that's bad. But, and, and you know what? First PK, sure, that's okay. But you're going to seriously say that the second penalty call was the correct call and the one on Bravo was not a penalty? That's literally the same play. If anything, there's more contact on Bravo. You have to call that both ways. You either, you either don't call it for either or you call it for both. But you do not make those two decisions, and then you're going to defend the referee in that situation is just absolute crap. It is so stupid. And the announcers are making it sound like Swope got victimized in this game. Oh, poor Swope getting victimized by a terrible call at the end to, you know, lose two points. Woe is us. That is such crap. That is such crap. We probably deserved one penalty in that game and they deserved one penalty in that game if that's the case we walk out with a win who really got victimized you know so i mean obviously i'm not the uh person that's inventing the wheel here i mean people have been complaining about usl announcing for a while but these people were just so heinously one-sided it it was bad i mean uh jeff you were mentioning now they've mentioned Omar Bravo all the time, not in the best light. But it, it just seemed like very unnecessary piling on. And they were trying to poo-poo the Drogba play as nothing when there was contact, when Drogba was playing the ball, and he was shoved. Uh, you know, even... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to like keep it coherent here and make a somewhat decent <laughs> point and not ramble. But... I, you saw that if you were following Rising as One on Twitter, I tweeted out a couple on my account because I'm not going to do that on the Rising as One account. But I, I can tell you that I was not the only fan that was getting really, really ticked off by that that coverage. I I don't know if I'm the only one in this podcast group that feels that way, but it's it was very frustrating. I almost had to put it on mute. No, uh, I'm, I'm with it, her. With, it yeah, it was. Go ahead, Jeff. It was it was pretty bad. I I totally agree. Yeah, and and this is the problem with you know we we've talked about this on 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 numerous podcasts before as well. 
we had the opportunity at Phoenix Rising to use our own announcers. Management chose to go with the, you know, the production company that USL is is now producing through. So, do I wish we we had the Homer type atmosphere when these games came on? Sure, I do. But you know, I appreciate you know listening to Mike Watts and and what he does. You know, when when he calls games for us. So I mean, you know, it's good. It's good. But but Mike yeah. Watts is a good guy. Yeah, he is a good. And, he and is actually, a great guy. this is. This is a super random, uh, super random fun fact. We actually graduated Fordham the same year, class of 2015. Very small world. That 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 would be a small world. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, I understand. So, uh, I, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have your announcers, and you're gonna they're gonna do this and that, and it, it's just the way it's gonna be. I think, and there's no way around it. So, can they just not be that bad of, about being homers? Like that was just disgusting. It was that just. W- it was disgusting. I would agree with you on that. <laughs> okay. Is uh is there anything else to um discuss in this episode? Nope, I don't think uh, so. Yeah, there's um you know, Jeff and I were kinda of talking, there was uh, an announcement that uh Phoenix um uh, teamed up with uh some stadium development attorneys. Um, I didn't get a read into that a whole lot, but just, you know, one thing that kind of stood out there is that uh, these two attorneys, uh, Dominic, you probably have a little more to say about this one. Uh, they have a pretty good little track record here. They were uh, part of the uh, successful engagements with LAFC, NYCFC, Atlanta United, DC United, Orlando SC. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's big news, but it's it's good news, you know. So I uh, thought that was interesting. Um that's really about all I, I had to, that I saw additional for this week. No, and that's that's a really good point. Um, I know one of their names is Erwin Raj. I can't remember the other one right now. I need to go back and, and uh, find the Phoenix Rising post about it. But these are people with a lot of respect in the industry. Uh, I remember the Rising press release said that they had been uh, part of the groups that made LAFC, Orlando City, um, I think Minnesota as well, like several teams who have recently come into MLS, uh, they were involved with the effort to bring those teams into MLS. So to have them on our side working with us, I mean, that's just another thing that shows people that the writing's on the wall and that at this point, I would be stunned if we don't get MLS. I mean, what more can you ask for from this ownership group? They're doing all the small behind the scenes things right too. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just been a very classy, uh, classy job by the whole Phoenix Rising ownership group, start to finish. Um, and yeah, this is that, just another step in the right direction. That that yeah. it is, that it is. I agree. So well. if there's a, if there's nothing else for this episode. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening. The people that did get on here, uh, I know Pat Moses is one of them. Thank you for joining us, giving a couple great insights, especially the insight with Drogba keeping his composure on the goal. Um, you know, we also apologize if the feed, if it, if it sounded like we were fighting each other a bit at times, the feed was not 100% with this uh, Google Hangout call. There may have been a couple moments where it was uh, a little choppy and 
you might not hear that on the podcast. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But uh, if there are a couple odd moments there, um, we apologize. But with that being said, I think that's it for this episode. Do you guys have anything to add? Nope. I think nope, we're all nothing good. additional for me. Yep. Yeah. Stay cool. Uh, go get some air conditioning there, Dominic. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's been a rough one, man. I, I don't want to hear anyone say it's a dry heat on Twitter, <laughs> on Facebook, on anything. All right, once it gets above 110, it's hot. Period. Exclamation point end of the story. And this week it's supposed yeah, to get up to 120. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're dealing with here. I, I don't want to hear the dry heat stuff. So. Yeah, I'm just glad the match against Swope Park wasn't here. It would have been a rough one. Yeah. But I think that does it until next Sunday when we will come on again after a huge matchup with Monarchs. We'll all be back in town in Phoenix, so hopefully we can all gather together for that podcast and we'll have a lot fewer technical difficulties with that one. But thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you again next week. All right, see you next week, guys.